0: We are here on SoundShift, the future of music and technology podcast, and I am actually going to let you introduce yourself because I've been notorious for messing up people's names. So It's all good. My
1: name is Meg Vicaria. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Symphony OS, and we're really building all the tools that the next million artists, creators, and businesses will need to grow their businesses, essentially Automating marketing through AI,
0: and that's amazing. And I, I do think that is the future of marketing. And one thing that I wanted to ask you before we even get started is like, what are you listening to right now?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. Honestly, I'm a big R&B head. Mm-hmm. Um, been listening to a lot of like the the Brent project from last mm-hmm. year. Like Brent Faiers is definitely one of my favorite artists. Tizo Touchdown has been like going crazy and experimenting with formats. Central C, um, if you're into like UK drill, has been crazy. I like need to do like more crate digging. One thing we've started doing at Symphony too is we have all these artists on the platform and every week we take some of their sounds and their songs and put them on a playlist. Mm-hmm. So every week my team sends me a playlist with all of these artists' songs on it. And it's like all these independent artists from the oh, wow. community. So it's like a lot of different sounds like it might be like some EDM dancey stuff, mm-hmm. hip-hop stuff. Um, Listen to everything. You is, know?
0: is that a public playlist or is it, it is ooh, Symphony I wanna, Selects? I want to check uh, it out. I will share it with you. Your, Symphony Selects. Your music taste sounds uh, very on the on the cusp of what's cool. I've been listening to what I think is. <laughs> girl cool is
1: cool to someone some you know? uh,
0: Olivia Rodrigo this week I, feel like her, I need to
1: listen to her project is but it, it, is it's like good? it's
0: so good because I feel like it just really touches on um, female internal rage
1: <laughs> but there in such go. a
0: in such a catchy type of uh, sassy way she's or, found
1: the way to, to bridge the gap
0: yeah I think um, to take to take that and show it to uh, humanity so I think that's been someone's <laughs> cool, gotta do it someone's cool gotta cross album.
1: that bridge you know? yeah and there, right I don't down. think
0: there is a lot of the, like angsty female music so I, I as like an artist too that is what I'm gonna try and work on next. So my own like get a get a booth and then just like scream.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's been interesting too is like there's been this big um, thing like punk and pop punk like MGK. Obviously, I has love like pop taken. punk. Yeah, you know like yeah. Ian Dior. Did you, were you gonna all say all he's these a yeah. No, 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 oh, I, I'm no. I'm gonna say he's like you know artists oh. like him have really like taken that that sound and brought it to like a mainstream. No, 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 like... no. It's all good. It was uh you know it was like mainstream in like the mid 2000s, early 2010s, and like. It kind of like fizzled away, and it's been kind of cool seeing like all these genres that like kind of had a moment, kind of come back, you know. Because streaming is so big, everyone has their own sound. Mm-hmm. Like you listen at the the angsty music, and like. I might be listening to some some rapper from the UK and like we could still relate.
0: I do the love the UK you know? rap though. The, I really? like the grime from like ten years ago. Like the That's dude. like when it first started. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um I, I wish that was like crossing borders more though, because I feel like it is like very niche in the US. Like would you say that or I, I, I don't I, think, I don't meet a lot of people that are like, Yeah, I like the British rap. I'm like, Yeah, me yeah. too, I love that. No, is
1: I feel like the grime scene, especially like Skepta coming out and how big he got and like the Draco signs. Mm-hmm. I think Skepticon blew the roof off, and everyone's like, yo, like there's this real scene in the UK around rap. And then I think what really blew it up recently was the drill sound, you know, like uh, the pop sure. smoke, yeah. ice spice type, like New York drill sound yeah. started taking off there. So you have all these artists that are like using those like drill drums. And the American folks are like, oh, I like this is familiar. I know what this sounds like, you know, Chicago drill, New York drill. And so I feel like a lot of the UK rappers are finally crossing over off like a homegrown sound in America, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does. And so has that always been your musical taste growing up or is it kind of just like changed and evolved over the years? I have
1: a funny story. So like when I was 14, 13 or whatever, I used to have a family friend my mom would drop me off at. He was like 16, 17. So he was like, Doing all the cool kid stuff. And I was like, oh, you're so cool. You're doing all this stuff. And so (laughs) I remember I go to his house. What's what's cool
0: kid stuff Well, so he had
1: a PlayStation 2, which I didn't have. So I was like, I worship you. You have a PlayStation 2. Um, (laughs) You're the man. You're the man. And like, I would just sit next to him. And like, he played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Which was like, definitely not like, uh, appropriate for my age. But it's (laughs) like, whatever. Like, the kids are doing what the kids do. And I remember it had all these West Coast songs on it, right? Because San Andreas was set in LA. And so when I was like… It wasn't even 13. It was like when I was like eight, nine, like super early on, right? I was like at his house listening to like Tupac and Dr. Dre, Ice Cube were all on these playlists. And then around the same time, Limewire dropped. So he like first showed me Limewire, like Soldier Boy Tellum, like (laughs) all these, you know, it was going crazy early on. And then like, I think because of that, some classics, you know, because of that, I was like super into like hip hop growing up. But then my parents, like, they got me an iPod. So I, I would just, like, crack all these songs from LimeWire and download them <laughs> onto my iPod. But one time my dad, like, you know, my par- parents are protective, you know. Yeah. They're like, okay, my dad, you know, s- s- saw me listening to music, and I was just like, you know, it was like Eminem, some wild stuff. I love Eminem from back in, in the day. day back, back in, in the, day. the The wild Eminem, like, right? And yeah, like, yeah, well. my dad was like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, it's just rap, dad. And then he, like, takes it, and he's like, this isn't appropriate. <laughs> Delete this music. And then, like, I was just such a good kid. I was like... Okay. And so I deadass deleted my whole… Sorry, I don't mean this way. I deleted my oh, no, whole… we can fucking swear on that. Okay, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I deleted my whole playlist with all my songs for like the last five, six years. When I was like 15. Now after that, I like didn't really listen to music until college. And like hmm. that was like when the SoundCloud… Really? Yeah, like I did listen to music, but it wasn't like… I wasn't like digging through the crates, so to speak. You know, I wasn't uh, like going deep into music. I was just listening to what was popular. But then like around the SoundCloud era, I started getting really into it. Like, it was. It was very interesting just seeing all these artists using the internet to like blow up. And like by that time, I'd become a full tech geek. So I was like, oh, it's dope. Like the Migos are using, you know, SoundCloud and like Mixtape platforms to drop their music. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was a very long story.
0: No, that, that's really interesting. I, I feel like it kind of reminds me of my childhood too. Like sneaking on computers, to like go play RuneScape mm-hmm. and, and like going on LimeWire and getting in trouble by parents for like know. doing X, Y, and Z. And yeah. like, it probably was, it is legal than what we were doing back in the day. But um I feel like that's how you did learn about different things. I don't even know where I, like, found all these, like, pockets of, like, weird, interesting, mu- like, British stuff. Mm. I-, I was always really into British, like, uh, Arctic Monkeys and Kate Nash oh, and, that. like, okay. uh, Oasis. But I'm, like, how did I even, like, find that as-, as a little angsty teenager? Yeah, I,
1: like, think about music marketing back in the day, like, when like when we were, like, teenagers, you know, like, in that era. And I feel like it was so different. It's like, Tumblr, you know? like, that's how Tumblr, you found people. Tumblr, like, ringtones. Like, I had, um... <laughs> yeah. Randomly, I like got to meet Camillionaire like a month ago, oh, a month, two months yeah. ago maybe, and I was like, you know, he's super lit in the tech world now. You know, he's like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, did the music thing, learned a lot about it, and like was like, he sings I'm that gonna... ride
0: and dirty song, right? Yeah.
1: But, like, it's funny <laughs> because like that when a I was yeah. literally yeah. the reason I bring it up is when I when I was in sixth grade, it was Party Like a Rock Star, the shop oh, yeah. Boys, yeah, yeah. and Ride and Dirty Camillionaire. Like those were the only two ringtones I bought. So like the first thing I told this dude twenty years later, whatever whatever, like 10, 15 years later, I was you're like, bro, my I ringtone. Buy- Literally, it's like, you're my ringtone. He's like, I made a million off ringtones. i like, <laughs> I love to hear it, man. I love to hear it. Um but yeah, it's interesting how like the consumption patterns patterns change. Like I don't hear like a ringtone playing on someone's phone anymore. It's just like
0: Yeah, why don't we do that? Like that was fun. Like, I mean it, I think it really did show off people's personalities, like what was their ringtone, and it does wreck songs for you. Because I would say I had a Grillas, like the the intro, you know, Rhinestone Eyes by the gorillas I don't think so. But it's like oh, I don't even know how to sing. I can't sing. But <laughs> it's <laughs> like now, anytime I hear that song, I'm like, because uh, it's like my it's phone ring. Yeah, so I think it's like, part of your
1: brain. is like what's going on? Like, yeah. So I'm I think I called. I
0: can see how it can wreck songs, but I, I do miss those days though. How did how did you start um, the idea for your company, and how did you think of that?
1: Yeah, so Symphony was something that that really emerged. Like real quick background, right? Like so, I've been in LA since 2016. Initially, I kind of came into music, and I was like, "Yo, like I want to do cool stuff with artists. Like, no connections, to music. No like, I was a cool- <laughs> similar
0: to my background. Yeah, I was just like <laughs> yeah. a tech
1: nerd from Seattle. Like I was interning. I'm at-
0: literally the same. <laughs> We're here. You know, yeah. I was
1: like, I was I was um trying to get a break into music didn't really have any connections, but I could build stuff. And so I was like, you know what? Let me go to Hulu because I was like, I want to get to LA. So I got an internship at Hulu the last year Uh. before my, like, last year classes. So I was in LA during the summer of 2016. And so that whole summer I was networking around, trying to meet music people. Ended up meeting my now two business partners of 10 years. Um, One of them was Metro Boomin's tour manager at the time. She was always on road with Metro, like, knew the touring business. And then the other one was previously at Techstars, if you know what that oh, is. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, I, I know that. I've met them before And from Seattle. Uh, Mark, they're, they're, right? No, Techstars. No, that's, that's Startup Weekend, I'm thinking.
1: But I think they bought it. I think Techstars bought Startup Weekend.
0: Oh, did they? Oh, okay. So happened. they're all in the, the same uh, eco, all, like, ecosystem, ecosystem now. But, it, it's yeah. like
1: Tech Accelerator, you know, for tech founders. But my other co-founder was previously there as, like, almost a hacker in residence. Like, build, building a bunch of companies and helping them out. But... At the same time, he was working with Charles Gambino on Because of the Internet uh. as his creative director. And then worked with Mac Miller after that. And so like all these cool guys that had like this interesting background. I was like the tech nerd in the middle. But we all really just hit it off around 2016. We we're like, yo, like everything is changing. Like we're tech guys and like understand the like, culture enough to know things are changing. And the re- the way SoundCloud has been blowing up all of these artists is gonna force the industry to adapt. But at the same time, the industry in 2016, 2017 will still very much focus on album sales, physical albums, like fans going to Target and Walmart. And so when we came into music in 2016, we're like, what can we do to like get our foot in the door to start working with artists? And always like trying to leave some sort of dent with technology that mm-hmm. helps artists. And our first kind of idea, or like manifestation of, of that was, um, like, really the only chance we really got around then was websites. Mm. So, like, they were like, yo, like, you guys can build websites. You guys should build our artists' websites. And so we got very lucky that summer of 2016, just going around pitching websites left and right, a lot of no's. And we ended mm. up meeting TDE, um, Talk Dog Entertainment, which is like SZA, Kendrick Lamar, wow. like a bunch of these labels, a bunch of these um, artist management slash distributor. Um, and they're like, yo, like, this, we have this artist that we've been incubating. Uh, she, she goes by SZA. She has an album dropping next year that she's putting together and we'd love to have y'all work with her on her on her website in that rollout. And like that was the first t- uh, kind of project we put out as a company, but like it was SZA for CTRL.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: like, we spent nine months working with her from like 2016 until like
0: That's amazing. almost
1: midway through um through 2017. Like she would come over to her house, we'd draw on the whiteboards, like a very <laughs> nice. intimate experience. And for me, it was like, okay, this is very cool because artists have ideas Clearly, obviously, but like artists have ideas of how their digital presence should manifest too. And like seeing her talk about that, seeing her talk about like, oh, I want my fans to see this on the website Mm. or see this. It was super interesting. And for me, it was the first time seeing, seeing technology applied like that where it was like an artist or creative and a fan relationship. And so, like, that project obviously came out. CTRL was, like, five times Grammy-nominated. So, like, put us on the map. Super crazy. And that whole first year was, like, building websites, building apps for artists, got to work with Rock Nation and Big Sean. um, Got to work with Lil Yachty and Capitol Records. It was, like, just us in our apartment, (laughs) like… You know, writing code and getting paid ba- barely anything. But just like us, it was a, it was a, it was a cool a project. That's in music industry Music industry yeah. right? It was like for us, it was like, this is really cool. Like we're building things that are very different for these artists that mm. didn't really exist in the industry before. And then as we got into 2018, we we're sitting there like, all right, what else can we do to actually help artists out? Because like we're hella broke in LA. We can't make <laughs> rent. And websites are great, but like websites don't help an artist grow. That's all they true. do is just capture intent. You know, they don't like help an artist get to the next step. And so around 2018, we've seen all of our tech homies like going really deep into ads, right? Like right around that time, Instagram ads were going crazy and like Snapchat's ads and all of that was a big push in the tech world. Sorry, Um, (laughs) keep hitting it. Um, And we were like, yo, can we use the same approach that these tech companies are using to grow their businesses, but for artists? Like, can we take like data and apply the same principles of how tech companies look at data, but for artists and their fan bases Hmm. and then run ads for them to help them grow? So, we got very lucky. Like, we were just like, we were like, all right, like right, let's try and start a whole new side of our business, which is running ads for artists. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing we had going into it that we knew was very valuable was that we collected like a million to five million fans worth of data from these websites we were building out. And like, it was interesting because like wh- these artists were getting like 50 to 100K people hitting their websites every single month. Oh, wow. And we were tracking all that, right? We were like, oh, n- nerding out like, where are the fans coming from? What are mm-hmm. they clicking on? Um, all of that, but the labels weren't asking us for it. They were just like, great website, onto the next one. We we're like, yo, you have like real data here. And they're like, eh, like next one. what's data? It, it, was, yeah. it was around, a, it was a very interesting time in music. Now I feel like people are much more proficient, but back then it was still very early to like talk about data and talk about like digital streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were like, all right, we have all this data. Like the managers don't care, the labels don't care. Like, what do we like? Well, let's, let's, let's do something yeah. with it. Let's help artists out in some sort of way. So we started calling our, our label homies and manager homies, like, "Yo, like next time you drop an album, let us be the ones marketing it and like running ads for you." So it was really nice because we we got to learn a lot about how to actually grow fan bases, and it was interesting because it was almost like the Trojan horse for us to get into the industry and like understand how to grow fan bases, which. Ultimately, it turn, turned into a symphony.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it was very dope because, like, a label would just give us money. would be like, we had this idea of, like, how to grow this fan base. And, like, we tested it. And if it didn't work, the labels usually were, like, whatever. And what were some and, of
0: like, those kind of ideas? Well,
1: things like, you know, like, running Instagram. This is early, right? Like, Instagram yeah. ads nowadays. You can't go, like, two scrolls without seeing them. But yeah. back in the day, it was very early on. So, like, even the idea of, like, running Instagram ads to merchandise stores and making sure your data is talking to your ads. Like, yeah. it was a novel concept for a lot of people. And so we'd walk into the room, like, let's look at this fan base and this fan base. Let's centralize the data. Let's synthesize who your fans actually are across the board. And then let's run ads. Mm-hmm. Instead of just jumping to the run ad step, which is what the industry status quo was. And that, I think, was what kind of put us on the map as, like, the digital marketers, at least in, like, hip-hop and R&B. Um, 2018 through, like, 2020, um, the is still around, but, like, around that period was, I think, when we really hit kind of our stride as a company. We mm-hmm. got to work with like folks like Future and 21 Savage, awesome. Chance the Rapper, like- Mask
0: on, of- <laughs> mask on, or
1: whatever. <laughs> that dude, that one. That one. Um, no, yeah, got to work with like every major label, got to work with like a lot of the, my favorite artists and like really just like helping them That's awesome. grow their music, grow their fan bases. That sounds like
0: a dream to like work with the artists that are your favorite artists also.
1: It's definitely- it's definitely dope. I will say though, it was rarely with the artist himself, right? It was like, um, a label might call us, like, this is a true story. Like, I won't name who, but a label calls us a week before a very big artist drops with 10 plus million monthly listeners. you are like, yo, so we're trying to go with number one for this artist. <laughs> and we have 10k. Can you guys help us run ads? And we're <laughs> like, wait, you have a week till you're dropping this super big artist project. And are like, yeah, but you know, we got 10k. Like, 10k to run the ads. Like, like, all right, we'll do our best. So, like, we sat down there, we looked at this artist, Spotify, Shopify, Linktree, Feature FM, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, every platform, because that was our process. The, the tech way, right? Like, let's centralize every platform's data, understand the audience, and then run ads. And, like, he went number one
0: really? on the billboard with 10K. chart.
1: Well, he was obviously, like, already had his, you but know. he, like, guaranteed it. You know, we kind of sealed the deal with the ads we were running. And, like, that was kind of the work we were doing, where, like, we were kind of, in a lot of ways, a bandage for, the marketing teams that weren't doing stuff sometimes and yeah, like i think that's just, a
0: lot of that's a lot of marketing teams unfortunately y- yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> being on
1: the other side of that though right like obviously the labels are paying our bills and like i'm very grateful for everything we learned in that period but i think what was kind of frustrating too was not frustrating but like what was kind of eye-opening was you'd have an artist like if you're a label any of these labels you'd sign an artist and then you'd outsource marketing i'm like isn't this like a core competency for what you should be doing? Yeah, like you're signing this artist like rights potentially for life, and if, if it's a bad deal, and like your job should be to increase the value of it, but you are outsourcing that core job. Mm-hmm. So over the years, like I was just getting more and more like not disillusioned, but a little bit jaded with a lot of, a lot of how the system was operating. And along the way, like as our agency started scaling, we would have like twenty to thirty artists he- hitting us up a month, like, oh, wow. big artists, small artists across the board, and we we're like, yo you have a very small team like we can't keep scaling without automating some things or like hiring more people mm. so i put my like tech nerd hat back on i think in like the summer of 2018 2019 and i was like all right like let's start by like automating some of our processes and like our process was like look at every single data point artists might have run analyses on those data points put together a marketing plan off those analyses and then like, run the ads that are actually going to go out and then report back on the oh, wow. ads and then adjust the ads. Like it was like six, seven steps that we were doing hands-on that were just like our unique process. And like I was like, all right, like let's start small. It's like take this piece and automate it. Like, why don't we have instead of like a, a, a email generated uh, report, why don't we build a dashboard that shows all these clients and labels and artists how their growth is doing? Like after we started ads, what was the growth in Spotify monthly listeners or YouTube subscribers? Mm-hmm. So it started like that, like like just me hacking together some tech initially, like just to make it so our agency clients were happier and we could automate ourselves a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, dashboard. And then I was like, you know what? We need to have our own link in bio tool so we can track all the data. I don't want like another platform to have this data. We should own it. So we built our own link in bio tool. And then the grand thing was like, oh, can we take the ads we run and the way we run them as mm-hmm. an agency and automate that? So that's kind of the point we got to. And like, it kind of got to a place where like, by the time it was 2020, a lot of our work, and it's beautiful because like this is what we, what we always wanted to get to. But a lot of our work was not on the administration of the strategy; it was creating the strategy. And like you know, half the work previously was just admining, creating the ads, reporting back, and like we made so much tech at that point that I was just like sitting down with artists and their teams, being like, "Who are your? What are your goals? Like, who's your fan base you want to reach?" And then like give us that information, and we'll get the work done. Mm-hmm. Um. So all that to say, it was like very much an iterative process. Like, start out as like symphony the internal dashboard for Integral, which was our agency. Super ugly, super janky. Mm-hmm. And then around 2020, uh, we ended up getting as an agency a, a distribution partnership with Sony and The Orchard. And so now yeah. we have like a budget to sign artists and distribute independent artists ourselves. That's amazing. And so thank you. Yeah, it was a super cool time because we were like helping these artists at the labels grow. And we we're like, wait, if we're already doing this job for you, why, why are we taking <laughs> a retainer? and yeah. Why are not we just working with these artists ourselves? And so... We were. It was kind of a you know for us it was like a new learning. It was like all right, let's try this out. Let's see if we can like do this mm-hmm. from scratch. And Symphony was always in the back of her head around that time too because there was this whole wave happening or zeitgeist in music around twenty twenty about around independence. I don't know if you remember, but right around COVID times, so everything shut down. Yeah. Everyone was on Clubhouse. Everyone was on the internet. A Clubhouse you know.
0: seems like this like vague memory that. Rest of it. has gone. It's is ba- it gone? I is don't the- know. I don't think
1: it's gone. I think they still, still there around people. there. Okay, they're kicking and re- doing rest in that, piece, yeah.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it was like that time when, like, you know, everyone was like talking about creator economy and independence. <laughs> like, that's right when we got our label. Like, maybe three months before the world shut down, we got our label. Um, oh, our distribution so that was good partnership. Then also. Yeah, it was very yeah. lucky. And then, like, we we're like, all right, cool. Like, we have these artists that are very small. Can we take this process we've devised to grow major label artists and apply it to them? And like really over from 2020 through 2021, we kind of took our label from like zero streams, like 20, 30 million just off wow, like running ads and being smart. And then
0: <laughs> like how oh, you're like and being smart well, because, no, no, I'm just being smart no, about the budget, right? Because no, 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 like I think so many companies aren't. And it's it's, it's not even it's, sometimes I'm just like, what are you guys missing that this is like kind of an, a simple concept, but why are you just like throwing money in a black hole?
1: Yeah, you know, I think what it, what a lot of it is, and like this is kind of touching on the symphony part, but I think there's a big, um, its a word I had for it? There's just a big information divide between what labels and industry tells artists and what artists know. I think that's why a lot of, you know, like a lot of managers even will like be like, cool, like the label's handling this for me and then they'll be not happy with the outcome because the label's just optimizing for, like they already have the rights. Like they're just optimizing to get the job done, right? In a lot of cases, it's not true for every label and like the different scenarios, obviously, but the, what I realized is that the labels aren't trying to be transparent because they don't have to be. And yeah. they can be like- There's no an incentive artist,
0: to be transparent. If
1: you want to be on at the Grammys and on the billboard charts and you want to get marketing, like you have to sign to us. And like, but we were on the other end, like, but you guys outsource all your stuff to us. <laughs> and so like all of this happening as our independent companies start growing, as we start seeing the kind of wave of independence and in creator economy start taking off, we're like, all right, like the time is kind of right to take this technology we built out to automate our agency and Give it away for every artist or creator to use, and that was like the initial seed of an idea we had for Symphony. Um, around 2021, we started building it out, like in the way ship and form it is today. Launched it in like early 2022. Um, you know, like had a home, had a few homies early, I was like 50 people a month, you know, just like yeah. a super janky tool. And like, really, the last year and a half has just been like talking to artists, talking to creators, like literally every week, talking to them. I like. Have had I was looking at um, our customer support thing and I, like, I've talked to 700 artists individually. Wow, like, in the last month? From, no, no, no. Oh, okay. That would be crazy. Okay. <laughs> but from like April, May of 2022 until like around the same time this year, you know, it was like 700 unique people because I was like doing customer support myself. But that's how you learn, right? That's how you learn the real problem people are facing with a product or, or issue. Um, And now, now we have like 15,000 artists or so on the platform. Oh, that's or, crazy. Like, 15 to 20k, it's like growing every day. Um, we have a partners like United you know, Masters, which like just Yeah, just tell me, nice. tell
0: everybody about that partnership. So I switched to United Masters. I wanna say like uh I don't know, like a year and a half ago. And I've I loved their experience because it's, uh, I, I can't remember their fees, but it was like a very reasonable fee to just go like unlimited. And mm-hmm. as a person that's just like, bam, 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 let me create and put all this stuff out there without thinking. That was like such a great model compared to like paying like all these like stupid ads Every single time. Every time. And then it's like, oh, do you want a legacy fee? So this is here forever. I'm like, well, I thought it was paying for right. this forever. I, but it's, yeah.
1: Music distribution and like just how the music landscape has evolved is very interesting. and. Mm-hmm. United Masters is an amazing partner. Like we really like their their team first and foremost. I think like there's a lot of teams in music that want to help out artists. Um, But I think like I'm very excited for them to be our first partner as we kind of expand because we've worked with their team for like two years now. So we know intimately their DNA as a company and like the DNA of like how the people inside think. I think that's very important for us too because like us as a company, we're so close to artists. Like, we're, we're talking to artists every day. We're hopping on onboarding calls. Like, it's very hands-on. And to have a partner, especially, like, the first one out the gate for us to have that sort of DNA is super dope. Um, and they're just stacked with their, like, you know, partnerships. They got, like, a lot of people on their, on their, like, partnerships list. And I feel like they've been able to really... Bridges bridge the gap between like artists and like general culture across the board.
0: Mm-hmm, and That's what I've seen. It's like get your song in the NBA. Unfortunately, my songs aren't like songs you would yeah, rock you never know, too, though, the NBA. Yeah, you never know. But you know? I'm like this is I mean I still submit them, but I'm like they're not going to choose these. yeah, But it I've seen mm-hmm. that they ha- they have so many different um things to help artists that if you don't have that type of background where you can get into like the sync world, it, it is nice that they're bridging that gap and saying, okay, well we can help you with this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I'm a big fan of United Masters. I, th- I think they're leading the game in um, distribution for
1: sure. 100%. And like a lot of their, like what's been exciting me too with the, the recent conversations we've been having with them is like they have a big international focus. I think we talk about like America, America, America a lot because like Western culture is always exported. Yeah. But I'm I'm Indian, like fully born and born in India. Came out here like Indian immigrant. My business partner is Nigerian. Mm-hmm. My other business partner is Haitian. My other business business partner is Ivorian. So like, we are just exposed to like this other half of the world that a lot of like people some, sometimes aren't. And so like, what's exciting me is that United Masters is. Looking at places like Nigeria, which is going crazy right now with the music scene. Like, Remo was on the top 10 Billboard charts, mm-hmm. like, last week, two weeks ago. And then, like, even India, you know, like, one of the, the folks on their, like, front page of the website is an, is an Indian American artist. And, mm-hmm. like, just seeing that and seeing them recognize the diversity globally in music is super dope, too. Because that's where I think the future of music lies. Like, I think the next, like you know, um, Burna Boy or Bad Bunny is being made right now. It's not in the same places that Bad Bunny and Burna (laughs) Boy came from. it will be a whole different part of the world that has a crazy diaspora waiting for representation. Mm -hmm. Um, So all that said, I, I really like how their team thinks about it. And I think they're thinking about things from like the next 10 million artists in 10 years from now, not only in America, but like all over the world.
0: But I'd be curious to hear like, what you think um, is something that artists can do to kind of just tap into different demographics and find who are your people, even if it is somewhere millions of miles around the world.
1: Yeah, Um, what's beautiful nowadays is that like we were talking about earlier, right? Like Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, like all these platforms are everywhere in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's artists that are like touring Turkey that are from America, just because somehow their song caught in Turkey, and they're going crazy. so all that said, I think what's I think like the same approaches that people take when they're thinking about American fan bases, they can generally take when thinking about international fan bases. Mm-hmm. However, you are region limited sometimes, right? If you're in New York and you're like making a TikTok or Instagram real, yeah. and like you put it out there, like all your homies in New York, you even like all around might see it. But like it's rare it's gonna catch on the Indian Twitter sphere or the Instagram <laughs> sphere, or whatever, right? That's where like companies like symphony kind of are focused on where it's one thing to put content out It's another thing for it to be heard and mm-hmm. like it's getting harder and harder as a problem and I feel like over time to be heard to, be heard, yeah. to just like cut through the noise um, and I think it's just uh, so I think much of it, yeah. There's so much of it I think it's like a trade-off also because like ten years ago there wasn't so much of it So there's way fewer artists that could do it and now there's a lot more accessibility to put music out So artists are facing more competition than ever but more artists than ever are making some real money off of just putting their music out and following their passion.
0: What advice would you have for an artist who maybe doesn't have a lot of followers or just getting started, maybe lack of budget? Like, where would you tell them to to focus their efforts?
1: Yeah, I think, like, the lack of budget thing is a, is a great question because I ask a lot of artists asking that, right? Um, I think you have to play the game sometimes. Yeah. It's very rare f- It's hard. The game is in
0: just get money or the game. Well, that (laughs) is a great game. But mostly the
1: game of like, you know, music's marketing mechanisms have changed every two to three years. When I came into music in twenty sixteen, it was SoundCloud. People were buying and selling SoundCloud reposts. That was a whole gray market that was going on, right? And then like two years later
0: Spotify streams. Spotify. there's a whole
1: lot of you know, there's a dark. Sorry, interrupting you two years
0: later after No, two years
1: after SoundCloud, it was like Instagram blog pages. And like the Instagram means Instagram blog pages. You know, like at rap world star hip hop, oh, like yeah, all these yeah, like big yeah. blogs for every genre are going crazy, and they're helping like they were the early versions of influencers. And then like two years later, this is like twenty twenty, everyone was shut down in a home, and I was like, oh, like what's this TikTok thing? And that blew up, and you had all these artists blowing up off TikTok, like Nas X, like just great yeah. artists that knew how to play the game. And now we're two years removed from that, and like, nothing has become apparent yet, you know, but. The status quo is still the same, which is like if you drop a song, and you don't promote it, even just by making content yourself, like it's just gonna be lost in like, one hundred and fifty thousand other releases every day. So my advice, going back to your original question for an artist, is play the game. And you know, what I mean by that is like play to put, win, play yeah. to win, play the game, put out content, right? Like even if it's like you in your house explaining in front of the camera, like camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> explaining like why you made this song simple stuff something that feels close to home Like or even if it's just, like you, you want to be more creative and, and just more interactive like, you know Playing the song on the camera. There's just, just a lot of ways and a lot of different niches. I guess I resonate with content and That is my biggest thing is like you have to, you have to play the game to even be in the game mm-hmm. So start by making some content
0: And that's such an inspiring story. And is there anything else you want to leave everybody with? Any last pieces of advice? Any last insight about what you're doing at Symphony?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if you're an artist, if you're a small business... drop those URLs, too. Symphony.to. We're right (laughs) there. Um... If you're an artist, a small business, a creator, just anyone that's making a living online in any capacity, sign up for Symphony. We're, we're trying to build out all the tools you'll need to grow your business and actually monetize. Um, beyond that, though, I think also just like have fun with it. You know, it's, have fun with it. Life is short. Keep pushing out content. Don't expect things to turn immediately, but, you know effort compounds mm-hmm. um, that's really all I can say You know, keep keep making content keep putting
0: out art definitely you had so much great advice and I'm sure all the artists listening can really learn from that and I definitely recommend checking out Symphony OS and excited to see what you're going to be up to for the future
1: cool thank you so much for having me too it's a, you got the crazy view in the back we're chilling
0: yeah this is a it's a cool vibe and i excited to talk more in future years months my, I'm going to get you on brain.
1: Symphony we're going to set up your ad campaign I,
0: I am going to um, go home tonight and then I'm going to set that gonna up. we going to
1: run some ads in India and blow you up in India.
0: That would be my dream. I got you. That's what we're here
1: for. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Cool. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's a wrap.